Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Dina Calmetta here and Susan Davis with Jesus 24-7. And today we're going to talk about the many facets of religious spirits. Isn't that right, Susan? That's right, Dina. And welcome to the show again, Susan. Oh, well, thank you. So this is a very interesting topic. It is. It is, in fact. And it's a big topic, by the way. This is a huge topic. And we're going to try to tackle it. Probably we could be doing many shows on this, but we're going to we're gonna take a look at it. Probably just scratching the surface, even. But we're going to look at the many angles, many facets of religious spirits. And boy, it kind of covers a lot of ground, Dina. Yes, there is a lot to this topic. And like you said, we are literally just scratching the surface because there are so many religious spirits. But we're not going to go into each and every single one of those, right? Well, we're not going to analyze all the religious spirits specifically because we're going to do something different. We're going to talk about how religious spirits work and how you might recognize them in your life and the many angles that they come at people, that sort of thing. And it's a broad reaching, broad ranging topic because really there's just two kinds of spirits out there. There's religious spirits and evil spirits and then there's the Holy Spirit, okay? (laughs) And so if it's not the Holy Spirit, then we're looking at these are religious spirits that we're encountering. And so that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at this. It's a big topic. And so you might be experiencing the religious spirit at your church if the following things are going on. So if you recognize yourself in these situations, then what you're dealing with is religious spirit. So I'm just going to go through a little list that I put together for this program. So let's see if we don't recognize some of this. So when you go to church and you are made to feel worse than if you were at a secular venue, you might be experiencing a religious spirit, okay? If you are made to feel like you don't fit in and you won't be anytime soon, you might be experiencing a religious spirit. So if you suggest that it's a good idea to promote outreach and the people in charge shoot down that idea, uh, that probably is a religious spirit involved. If you want to talk about the idea that we are living in the end times and the people in charge say, oh, Jesus isn't coming back anytime soon, there are too many things that have to happen, well, then you would most definitely be hearing from a religious spirit. If you want to start a Bible study on a deeper walk and only a couple people show up, then we've got religious spirits. So if you walk through the church and no one greets you or very few want to talk to you even, those are religious spirits. And if the pastor of the church says to you that he's uncomfortable with people being too exuberant during worship or that he doesn't like people putting their hands in the air during worship, yes, this happened to me, <laughs> that would be a religious spirit. So if you leave the church after a service and you can't even remember what was talked about or discussed that day, you might be experiencing the religious spirit. So any of those sound familiar to you, Dina? Absolutely. Especially the one 
where you walk into the church and no one says anything to you. They kind of smile and but nobody comes to uh-huh. to greet you. When you go to church and you're made to feel worse and you were at a secular venue, that happened to me in the past. But I uh-huh. learned how to overcome that because I, you know, I made it a point that this isn't about me or anyone else, but this is about Jesus. So right. I was able to enjoy myself whether or not um, they wanted me there or not. <laughs> and I, in my younger years, you know, um, back when I was 16, 17, when I would try to go to church, I definitely was made to feel like I didn't fit in. Definitely. Uh-huh. Definitely. Because back then, I came from a different type of background. You know, I was more uh, rambunctious. I was more, um, I was a wild child <laughs> in my teen years. But I wanted to straighten out my act. But nobody. Not you, Nina. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Trust me, I was a handful for my parents, my poor parents, my poor parents. But, you know, um, they wouldn't give me a chance. The people would not give me a chance. So instead Uh of trying to help me, you know, uh, turn from my wicked ways and because I had a desire, you know, I wanted to go to church. I wanted to, uh, you know, fit in, quote, unquote. But um, I wasn't given the chance. And I was even told, you know, some of the parents even didn't want their kids to hang out with me. And I wasn't like, you know, it's funny. I wasn't like drinking every weekend or, you know, uh, going out doing the wrong thing all the time. I really did want to straighten out my act. But um, they didn't want me, you know, some of the parents didn't want me around their kids because they thought I was a bad influence. So instead of helping me. They kind of uh-huh. turned their backs on me. It was weird. It was an, a very odd situation. But you know what? God had a plan, and so here I am. Yeah, and he's he's always got the best plans, by the way. Yes. Yes, um, he does. Yes, he does. I did read that list for a reason, so that people might recognize themselves in these points. So we can talk further that there is a reason why all these things are going on and people have experienced these things and we're going to get really deep into this topic with this program so the religious spirit has taken over the mainstream churches the religious spirit is an evil spirit christ himself battled the religious spirit when he was on earth he called the pharisees whitewashed tombs with dead man's bones do you remember that dina absolutely yes (laughs) boy he didn't hold anything back he said it the way he he knew it was. And so the religious spirit is a spirit of Pythia. It's a python spirit that wraps itself around someone and it doesn't let go easily. It is the traditions of men. Just like a python suffocates someone every time they breathe in, so does the religious spirit suffocate the lukewarm Christian. And that is why the Lord called the Pharisees vipers. He knew what kind of spirit he was dealing with. So if you are unhappy at your church encounter, and there is probably a reason for it, the enemy wants people to hate the church experience, which they equate with God, so that they will ultimately reject Christ. It's a very clever tactic of the enemy, but he's got this one operating in full force. 
So you don't have to stay in a church that is run by the religious spirit, and you don't need to be guilted into it if you are in a church that is being operated by demons. Vipers is what Jesus calls them. So we're going to go into this even deeper. And I was talking about that whole concept of Jesus speaking about the Pharisees actually being like vipers. And let me see if I can pull up that scripture. If we go to Matthew 12, 33, 35, and Dina will be so good to put this scripture up. It's uh, make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of his good store of treasure and the evil man brings evil things out of his evil store of treasure. Okay, this scripture passage right here is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. And we're bringing this up because this is what he was saying about the Pharisees. He acknowledges them and calls them brood of vipers. And that's because, you know, that's the spirit that they possess, is this Pythia spirit, Python, snake spirit. And so let's go forward and look at another passage. And it's Luke chapter 3, verse 6 through 8. And all humanity will see God's salvation. Then John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Produce fruit then in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Okay, here is John the Baptist speaking. And he declared these Pharisees as brood of vipers. He also recognized the spirit in them. And we can go on to a passage in Matthew 6 through 8. It says, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when John saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his place of baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit then in keeping with repentance, which is virtually what we had read already, but that was John the Baptist calling out the Pharisees, okay? And let's go further into Romans 3, 12 through 14. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit, the venom of vipers is on their lips, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. And so we hear again in Romans, the Lord talking about these religious spirits, people with religious spirits. Now, in the section in Luke, which is chapter 10, verses 18 through 20, we see Jesus talking and it says, so he told them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not re 
rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples about Satan, okay? Mm-hmm. And we can see here now, is Jesus actually talking about physical snakes and scorpions in this passage? I think this is the point where he's talking about spirits, Dina. Yes. And he's referring to these spirits as snakes and scorpions, which that's pretty disgusting, you know, when we think of snakes and scorpions, about the worst thing you can think of, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. But he's calling it the way it is that the uh, religious spirit, which is operating under the auspices of Satan, are, uh, you know, technically they're snake spirits, okay? Mm-hmm. And then we can go on and see in this next section, Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 19. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will be made well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And so I really believe that this section right here, I know a lot of people think this has to do with snake handling. You know, (laughs) we see a lot of people, I hate to say it, that literally in some of these churches we've heard they get snakes out and and handle them and you know i i believe what jesus is talking about is handling the demonic very possible yeah and because he makes reference to these spirits previously as spirit you know he calls them pythia or vipers the pharisees So I just wanted to go through some of these scriptures to show you exactly what kind of spirits these are. So I want to share a testimony I have about this because God showed me one of these spirits in action. And I have to share my story because when Jesus walked the earth and he saw these Pharisees, he could also see into the evil realm, right, Dina? That's right. So he could see the people being tormented by the spirits or used by the spirits. And so one day the Lord actually gave me the same experience. And so there were two or three or four of us together at someone's home, and we were praying over this man who was from the church I was going to at that time. He was very ill, very ill, and... We knew that he had uh, cancer, and so we were praying for him. And I had my hand on his shoulder, and everybody sort of was gathered around, and we were praying over him and with hands on him, and we're intensely praying for him. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice say, don't provoke me, okay? (laughs) And my first thought was, whoa, wait a minute, that's not God talking. And I thought, wow, that's a demon. And then I couldn't believe it. I had a vision and I saw a snake, a large snake. I'm talking as big as the man. And it was wrapped around him. And the head of the snake was over the top of his head, like open, like he was about to bite this man. And this snake 
had a yellow and black blotchy kind of, you know, look on it. It wasn't like patches of yellow and black, and it wasn't really a pattern. It was just blotchy. Mm -hmm. And I knew this was a religious spirit, and so I had asked the Lord, what is the yellow and black supposed to mean? Well, he had said to me, the Lord, that the black was cancer and that the yellow was jaundice. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I already knew that he had cancer and he had several different forms of cancer, by the way. But the next thing was, you know, I had gone to him myself and I said, I asked him if he had ja- any kind of jaundice after what I had heard. And he said he didn't know for sure, but he'd had it before. So he probably had that too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And But this was the sad thing I found out about him later was I went to his Facebook one time. I don't know if God took me there or what, but he was involved in something, in some some sinful things and that would, you know, have brought him into a situation where he would have had religious spirits. Okay. Oh, that's sad. So, yeah. I'm not going to go into a did lot he, of detail. Did he, uh, did God heal him? Did he recover? I don't know because I no longer attend that church and lost touch with him. But I'm just sharing this experience because I think it's significant that we know what kind of spirits we're dealing with, that people can get these religious spirits. And it really is, I mean, there really is this aspect of what's going on around us. Mm -hmm. And so this is exactly what, you know, Jesus called out the Pharisees and he called them, you brood of vipers. And so did, we can see John the Baptist did the same thing. Yes, he did. So, yeah, right. Now, I want to go further to talk about religious spirits in the church. And people probably are like, what? Demons and spirits in the church? Yes. The churches are running rampant with the demonic. And I'm going to just go right into an explanation that God gave me for that so that it can help you to understand what is going on here. Well, first of all, we've got to look at the scripture in the Bible that Satan comes as an angel of light. And so what that means is it looks good, but it's not the truth. And we can find this, and Dina can put the scripture up. 2 Corinthians 11.14 says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now, what exactly does that mean? Well, in this case, when you're talking about this, it means that he's posing as good, but he's evil. And so a lot of things that seem good are actually evil. And that could be the worst evil of all. Right, Dina? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) And so let's take a look at this. The Lord gave me some insight on this, which I'm going to share And so let's take a look at the perspective of Satan, our enemy. All right, well, right now, if you look around, the enemy has the secular world all tied up in knots, right, Dina? Yes, he does. And so he's got this world in a mess. He's uh, pretty much got the secular-minded people on their way to hell by everything that they're doing. 
But when somebody who is in this secular world sits up and decides, hey, you know, maybe I need to find God, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the first one of the first thing that a secular minded person might do is I think I'll go to the local church. You know, that's where I think I can find God. And so they just go into a church nearby. Maybe they've been driving by it for, you know, all their life. And they decide, hey, today is the day I'm going to go get right with God. I'm going to go into the church and encounter God. And believe it or not, the enemy knows that when somebody is in the secular world who has been, you know, tied into an active relationship with the enemy, that when he sits up and goes into a church, that red flag, the enemy is in panic mode. This person is starting to head out of their former position of evil and moving towards God. So what the enemy will do is he will put his meanest dogs in the church. And I mean, I'm talking spirits. And he will put them in the church so that the individual who thinks they can pursue God through the church will be discouraged and leave, you know, leave that situation and get unhappy with God because what they encountered at church left them with a bad taste about God. See, that's how the enemy works. And I want to just add that, what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the lukewarm church, the church that has a partially filled oil lamp, the church that is not fully surrendered to the Lord. And this church has allowed itself to be open to evil spirits. So the answer to the question, do Christians have spirits? Well, yes, they do. They have, they can have religious spirits. And that would be lukewarm Christians and people who are new to the faith. They don't just overnight get delivered from all their spirits, although God can do that. Many times he has to work on their hearts so that those spirits can be released, like addictions, for instance. A lot of times somebody becomes a Christian, and if they have more than one addiction, and there can be many, different types, they don't just automatically come out of those addictions immediately, even after they've made a surrender to the Lord. It could be a series of things that God does in their life to release them from those spirits of addiction. And so can Christians have spirits? Absolutely. They can get these spirits by having, you know, continuing to operate in a lukewarm faith, and they can get them because they have them even after they've been converted to Christianity. The Holy Spirit can be working with them to release those spirits. So in the meantime, the enemy can use those in the church who are actively pursuing the world, even as they call themselves a Christian, because they are making themselves available to the enemy for his use because they have not made that full surrender. And so that's why we end up seeing so much of this activity in the church in which a person can feel like they're left out of something, or they're not part of the church, or somebody says something to them that's hurtful in the name of Jesus, and you're like, wait a minute, that's, something's not right here. Your spirit is checked. You know that something is not right. Well, that's right. That's because you're encountering a religious spirit right inside the churches. And this is not by accident. This is by the plan of the enemy. 
because we are literally in a war. It's an invisible war, but it's going on all around us all the time. Let me give you an example of that. I can remember, Dina, when I would uh, be in uh, prayer time with the Lord, when I was at a point where I was really ready to turn my heart over to the Lord completely, away from a, a lukewarm faith and moving more towards the Lord, and I would be having these sincere prayer time, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I would be hearing the most vile, cursing-type things, and you know, and I would be like, why am I thinking this, right? Mm-hmm. And I would even question it, like, okay, I'm having a really good prayer time with the Lord. Why am I hearing these vile things in my mind at the time? And it's funny because I had a really close friend come to me and ask me the same question recently. She's like, I don't understand. She said, I'm having a really good prayer time with the Lord. And then all of a sudden, these evil like thoughts come into my mind. And she said, I don't even understand it. She said, I'm not trying to entertain these thoughts. It's happening. Well, here's what happened to me. I know that the Holy Spirit was trying to show me something, and he led me to a book that was written by a pastor named Chip Ingram, and the book is called The Invisible War. And, you know, the listeners can check that book out. But I was reading this book, and in there, Chip Ingram, who talks about this very same thing, he starts to say, have you ever had a really good prayer time with the Lord? And then you start hearing all these vile things, you know, being said. He goes, these are the demonic, and they're attacking people even when they're in prayer. And I was like, wow. And so these are religious spirits, okay? Mm -hmm. And so when people have kinds of encounters, this is exactly the enemy working in the situation. So I was able to tell my friend what was going on when she brought this up. But boy, at the beginning, you're like, what is going on here, right? I've experienced that. Or right before I go to read my Bible, you know, I would, you know, uh, get this thought and I'd be like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. You know, not even on the radar and then out of nowhere. So Mm -hmm. very interesting. I'm glad I'm not the only one. (laughs) Well, and this kind of goes into the same category of something we've discussed before, one of our past videos, I think, is the importance of casting down imagination, okay? The enemy likes to put evil thoughts in your mind, thoughts of doubt about yourself, thoughts of discouragement, oh, you know, you can't do that, or... God would never want you to do that, or you're not good enough, or whatever, you know. And if you start to encounter thoughts like that, this is religious spirits working. And if anything has to do with torment, Dina, anytime there is torment involved in something, that's not coming from our God, okay? That's right. And I like to explain this because our God is a father of discipline because he's a good father and good fathers are about discipline because if we didn't get disciplined, we'd just be rebellious and that's not going to work for us. But he is not an abusive father. He's not a tormentor. If you are experiencing something that has to do with the church or any encounter that is religious and it's something that's tormenting, That is not coming from God the Father. 
we have a father that is like no other father. He's the ultimate, the father that everybody would want to have. And often people are encountering the devil and it kind of looks like it's posing as the enemy, or I'm sorry, posing as God. And if it's about torment, then you need to get away from that. You need to cast that imagination down or leave the church, one or the other. And so we'll We'll continue to get more into this as we proceed. But when you encounter evil spirits in the church, what they want to do is they want to stifle moves of the spirit. Let me give you an example of this, okay? I was at a church, and we had a class going on. They called it deep sea fishing, but it was really about a deeper walk. Mm -hmm. And a group of us would get together and meet about going deeper with the Lord. Then at the end of the class, or towards the end, several of us got up to give our testimony. And I want to tell you, it was probably one of the most powerful times in the church. And if I could, I'd just go forward and say, we had somebody talk about being released from alcohol and, you know, different people talked about different ways that God had delivered them. I talked about being released from spirits of complacency having to do with the church and things of that nature. There was a guy who gave his testimony and it was almost like we had shared notes before this program because he, he was pretty much saying all the same things I was, but it was all coming from the same Holy Spirit, right? Okay? Mm -hmm. But he gave a really powerful testimony, and he talked about that he was on the verge of killing himself. And so he had a gun, and he had it in his mouth, and he was ready to pull the trigger, okay? And oh he got right this is true story and he was right about the point where he was about to shoot himself and the phone rang and it was a pastor friend called him <laughs> and he said hey he said the lord put it on my heart to give you a call is everything okay and right there and then he pulled back and he did not kill himself and it was just Wow. It was one of those wow stories, wow moments. And I think there was a dry eye in the church. And so people were just pouring down to the front to give themselves over to the Lord from all these amazing testimonies. But then, you know, after this was over, I had actually heard the upper echelon ministry saying, well, we'll never do that again. I was like, why? Wow. Things are religious spirits in operation, Dina. Absolutely. That, that's and, a fascinating testimony. Why wouldn't they right. want more people to hear stories like that? It would mean that more people would hear God's love and mercy and grace. Right. But when these kinds of things are going on in the church, a lot of people just kind of let it go. Like, okay. And then they just go along with what's going on in the church instead of questioning okay well why would we never do that again and things of that nature or why am i in this church if you would never do that again i mean these are the kinds of questions that if you see this going on it is because there are religious spirits operating within the church which goes back to what i was saying before that the enemy will put the meanest dogs meaning spirits in the church because he knows he's got the secular world all tied up in knots, but he's going to hit right in the church 
where people go looking for God. And so many times people go into these encounters that they have within the churches and they leave coming out going, you know, I was treated better in the bar with my buddies at the bar than in this church experience. And the reason for that is you have encountered religious spirits, not Jesus, but religious spirits. And that's exactly what the enemy's up to. Do you see how that works, Tina? That is so true. That is so true. And I've heard so many people say that. Mm -hmm. Very Mm -hmm. sad. Very sad. Right. Exactly. Well, I was in a situation where I had been involved in this church for quite a long time, probably over 25 years. I had done outreach for 10. Very, I was very involved. And when I started to really get deeper involved with the Lord on my own, apart from church, on a regular basis, and I began to really read the Bible through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, because I'd made a full surrender, which is something you have to do to really get that comprehension. You can't get that while you're in a lukewarm state. I started to question the teaching of the church. I started to realize that there was something amiss, and it was big, okay? (laughs) And I mean, for the longest time since I was involved in outreach, I felt as if I could maintain relationship with the church. I felt like I might be able to help the church change, that I might be there to help the church change. And that's why I stayed on for such a long while. But then the Lord came to me and showed me that I could not change them, but if I continue on, that they would change me, that they would influence me but that it was his job to change them. He was the one that could open the hearts. But for me to stay on, that I would be negatively influenced in a toxic environment, okay? Mm -hmm. And it was an environment that did not embrace the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so that's a real, you know, red flag situation. So... What happened next was I had left the church. I was out of it for about four months at this time. Now, my son, at the time, he was about 14. He was old enough to say things, but not old enough to really, like, you know, it wouldn't be his own thought, okay? And my son was hearing from the Lord also, as I was. And he actually came to me at one point, and he said, Mom, the Lord wants you to go back and give a message to the church that they're operating in a lukewarm position. And I was like, really? <laughs> Are you sure? Your son told you that? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, that came from God. <laughs> right. And yeah, 14-year-old, no, I don't think that was his idea. And because I knew it wasn't his idea that it would have been from God, I thought, okay, this isn't going to be fun, but I went back and I had a meeting with the pastor. I said, I'm here to deliver the message to you that the church is lukewarm in God's estimation. And he got a bit defensive with me. And I said, no, no, I'm here to deliver the message. I don't know. You have to decide what you're going to do with it, right? (laughs) From this point on, I'm just the messenger. And so... I am sure he did not appreciate that. Well, he took it pretty well. I mean, it was an awkward situation, but I was only there to deliver the message. And 
we left and we had our, you know, we had a little hugging session <laughs> and I left, you know, and we got in the car and I was kind of relieved because it was over with, right? Oh, yeah. And, and my son, he had come with me. He actually had come with me because this was his message too, right? He had received the message. And so we went together and we were in the car and I was like, well, I said to him, I go, well, this went pretty well. And he looked at me in all seriousness and he said, no, mom. He said that pastor's office was full of demons because see, my son could see into that realm, right? Whoa. He could see the demons at that point. Wow. Right. Right. And see, these are religious spirits. And I was, you know, I was really floored at that point because my son is not one to make things up. He was, he's really more someone to report something than he would ever make up a story. Mm -hmm. And so I knew he was telling it straight. And I wasn't surprised altogether because, hey, you know, they were lukewarm. Okay, that's why I left. (laughs) But yeah, I mean... This is not uncommon in many, if not most, of the churches today. Why? Because the Lord spoke it in the Bible. He says that the road is broad and few find it. And so if all churches everywhere are operating in the way they should be, then that scripture would be untrue. But we know it to be true. Okay, so we can see that these religious spirits can run rampant within these churches. And so we need to be discerning. We need to be discerning of spirits. And how do you become discerning of spirits? Well, Dina, there's a couple ways. First of all, we've got to get in that book, the Bible. I mean, you've got to get in that book. Whether you like it or not, that's one of the only ways that we have of understanding the difference between spirits. Reading the word. Amen. So that when somebody's teaching wrong material, then we have the Bible to go by and say, look, this is not correct. And then the other thing is we need to make a full surrender to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord God and the Father. And we need to have the eyes of God and get the scales taken off, you know, as we see happen to Paul, so that. See, Paul went from being caught up with religious spirits, right? Just mm-hmm. like the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. He was one of them. And the scales were taken off of his eyes, and then he was converted to have the mind of Christ. So there's a whole different kind of thing going on there. And Paul's a great example of that. So there's a lot of false prophets now operating in the churches, and outside the churches as well. And so let me talk about false prophets. False prophets operate with religious spirits. If they're false, then they're operating with religious spirit. And so I'll tell you a little true story of something that happened to me. I got talked into going to a regional church meeting one time, and I won't mention the type of church. I'll just say that I got called by the pastor of the church I was at to attend a regional conference. And it was being attended by a good number of people. And a friend of mine gave this particular guy one of my books, and he carried the title Prophets, okay? Mm -hmm. And he was one of the keynote speakers 
And he got up in front of this large group of people and he started to speak things over people that I, my spirit was checked, Dina, at the time. I was really checked. Now, I had met this man before the program. And then he got up on the stage because there was a good-sized stage and there was a lot of people there. I would say about a hundred and hundred and fifty or so, just a, a good number of people. And I'm sitting kind of in the back. <laughs> I'm not even like down front. I'm sort of mid, I'm over to the left, kind of midway back. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden I'm thinking, boy, this guy is not telling the truth. I, I just really sensed that what he was teaching was way off base. And all of a sudden, he said something really strange, and I looked at him. This guy across the room looked right at me at that point, and it was just eerie, okay? That's all I have to say was that of all the people in the room, he spotted me and looked straight at me. And I really felt, you know, that I was dealing then with a religious spirit at that point. And it was just very, very bizarre, to say the least. But that's the way these spirits are. They um, operate through people, and they can really mislead. And boy, the people were just, they were very excited about this guy and loving it, because it was definitely an example of putting people before them that would tickle their ears, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, And this is common now. This is really going on commonly in the churches. And so we need to have discernment and we need to pray for discernment because there is so much going on in the demonic realm right within the churches today. And no accident, the enemy is placing demonic spirits within the churches because he knows that's exactly where the people are going to go when they start looking to turn their lives over to the Lord. And so he's got them, these spirits planted there. It's not unlike at all what Jesus was dealing with when he was in the earth. Mm -hmm. And so today we are dealing with it as well. So if you're having feelings, your spirit's checked, you're having sensations of torment within your church, things are going on that just don't seem right. Well, you would be right. It is probably a religious spirit. You need to pray to the Lord and say, reveal this to me. Show it to me through the Bible. Show it to me. Have someone come to me and confirm it so that you can know what best to do next. Because God doesn't want his people to be within churches that they're not being fed correctly of the Bible and that's stifling their relationship with the Lord. Right, Dina? That's right. So we're going to close this segment of this teaching. We'll call it part one, and we're going to come back next time with more information. There's a whole lot to talk about when you start to talk about religious spirits. And so we have more work to do, so we'll be coming back with more information. Yeah, you guys don't want to miss part two, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, Susan, thank you so much for teaching This is amazing. Um, It's an awesome topic that people are just not aware of. So thank you so much for uh, taking your time out and giving us this information. And for all of you. For all your hard work too. My pleasure and honor to work with you. Absolutely. 
Um, and thank you to all of you who have tuned in to this broadcast today. And, uh, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts and, you know, maybe some of your testimonies. If you can leave comments below this video. And, um, you know, you want to make sure to uh, come and visit us on, um, on Anchor and on Google and on Spotify and Apple for our podcast that Deanna creates. So you'll get a copy of this in audio format, as well as um, on our playlist at Jesus 24 seven and rumble as well. So I'm um, just an FYI, you guys, for whatever reason, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen. But for whatever reason, if you can't find us here on YouTube, we are on rumble. So um, and I'll leave that information below this video. So with that said, thank you again, Susan. Thank you again, everybody who has tuned in. And we will talk to you soon. God bless.